Good evening. I appreciate that effort, even though I didn't know who all could hear me when I said that. But good evening. That's pretty vibrant there. I want to thank Jeff for reminding me uh, what we're doing tonight, this morning. If you guys weren't here, he caught me when I was about halfway down the aisle after the invitation song. And kind of kind of freaked me out because I was holding Luke and distracted and had a lot going through my mind. Deer in the headlights in the middle of everybody uh, standing up and everything. But... Today's the 24th, and so I just thought we would have a class tonight and do uh, the young men's thing on the 31st, but there is no 31st in September, and he rightfully corrected me that we are doing that tonight, not next week, so. And I also want to remind everybody, we uh, think we made this decision uh, a month and some change ago, uh, but we, we wanted to open it up to anybody who wants to be comfortable uh, singing and reading scripture and things like that in front of the congregation, any of our young men, not just any of our men, not just the young men, young, old, anybody who wants to uh, learn and sort of grow and just get comfortable up here because I think that's about half of the intimidation factor is just getting up in front of people and doing it a little bit. So uh, I encourage anybody who wants to participate to do so. Tonight, we have a little bit of thoughts that are just kind of reorganized from this morning and, and a couple different extra uh, things and comments and sort of different direction I wanted to go with this. And our lesson this morning was from Psalm 131. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn back there. We're going to be looking at that some more tonight in Psalm 131. And I'll read this just as we start, and I'll share uh, a few thoughts. I won't keep us too long because I believe we have a, a good number wanting to participate tonight. So I won't monopolize too much of our time, but we'll read this together from Psalm 131. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not get involved with things too great or too wondrous for me. Instead, I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, my soul is like a weaned child. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. And so we talked about this lesson this morning. And we talked about how David gives us a, an example or a way and sort of some guidance and direction into having a, a quiet soul. How we can calm ourselves, how we can quiet ourselves. And we, we kind of framed a song like this that he talks about towards the top issues of pride, of being haughty, of our eyes maybe being lifted up, being set on things they ought not to be. And how that can get in the way of having a quiet soul, of taking quiet time with God. And so he gives this illustration he says, I am like a weaned child, which just means that I am content to just be in the presence of God. And so I wanted to share a few other things, a few other, like I said, just a few other notes. Uh, I am a little disappointed we don't get to talk about this because I, I really liked just this idea. I found this really in an article. I'm going to try and do something here, sorry. I found this in an article, uh, the, the nugget of this talking about Psalm 131 from an article I was reading and one of the books on spiritual formation I'm reading. And I just love that illustration that says, when I'm, when I'm at peace like with God, I'm like a child who, who doesn't need its mother, who doesn't rely on its mother, but just finds comfort just in the presence of God. And I just found that such a beautiful illustration of what true peace with God can look like. And so I wanted to say in terms of getting there, how do we get there? What do we need to do? What do we need to change with our thoughts? Well, I would say it starts... With our heart, it starts on the inside. It starts with understanding our purpose. 
Uh, discerning God's will, understanding what God wants for me, understanding how I fit into what God' will is for my life, it starts with really just having the right mindset and having the right approach. And we mentioned this a little bit this morning, but that we, that we live in really a, a, a hustle culture, it's sometimes called, that we always need to be going, we need to be busy, we need to be defined by all of the activities and things we're involved in, and so our identity gets wrapped up in the wrong things. And so sometimes we, we lose sight of the fact that God has created us for more than that. I think that's the heart of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 that we just got finished studying. When he says, is, is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? He's saying You're, your life is more than these, these things that are on this earth. We're spiritual creations. We're made for accomplishing spiritual things. We're made to desire and to, to focus and to put our energy into spiritual things. Psalm 138.8 says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. And that God has created us for his own purposes. And so before we approach God and even ask him for help, we need to understand that, that we're seeking his will for our lives. I said this this morning, I think it bears repeating, that to submit yourself to God's authority and to his purpose means understanding how you fit into God's plan, not how does God fit into your plan. And I think oftentimes we can get caught up with Wanting to do so much with our lives that when we stop and think about it, what we're, we're going to God almost with this genie in the bottle perspective. We say, well, God, how can you help me accomplish my goals? When in reality, uh, the humble heart, the quiet soul comes to God and says, God, how can I, how can I help us, you and your church and your kingdom accomplish your goals? And so we have to understand our purpose in terms of uh, God's plan. Number two is understanding the process. There was a... Uh, a Dallas Cowboys coach for a long time who got raked over the coals for saying over and over that understanding the process, that it was about, well, how do we get to what we're doing? Not necessarily always the end result, which nobody wants to hear after you've lost. Nobody wants to hear you got a great process and that's why you lost. But understand the process in the spiritual context means understanding that if you're someone who does not feel that you are where you want to be in your journey with God, that's okay sometimes. That sometimes we're going to have those ups and downs in our life. We're going to have those times of, of either struggle or times where you have spiritual immaturity or times where you're, you're sitting down to pray for the first time in a long time. Maybe there's been some tragedy that's sort of come between you and God that's put distance or tension in your spiritual life. Maybe you're sitting down to read the Bible for the first time or sitting even an unfamiliar part of the Bible for the first time. You're like, man, this is hard. I'm not getting it. It's not clicking. And that's why I would say understand that it's a process. And so it's that, that growth is going to be hard sometimes, and don't get discouraged by that. I think this is true whether we're new in, in our spiritual walk or whether we're at a certain point and, and we feel like maybe we've plateaued and we want to dig a little deeper in the Bible. Don't, don't get discouraged if it feels like there are ups and downs in your walk with God. Especially in today's day and age, I tell people there's, there's no reason to stay confused about something in Scripture. And now, now bear with me here. I understand the, the, the Bible is a lot. There's a lot of confusing things in the Bible. I'll be the first to tell you. But there's no reason to stay confused because there's, there's resources. Number one, there's resources outside the church, things like Bible study tools, books and devotional tools, all sorts of study guides you can find online, all sorts of great um, – I don't think there's some Mardell's around here, but there's a great Christian bookstore down there in Florence where we have. But like the internet, I mean you can find any of the stuff you want to find online from – from doctrinally sound sources very easily in today's day and age. I, I would be terrified at the thought of having to study the Bible in the depth that I get to kind of from my couch on the computer 
if I had to do it in a time of libraries and uh, catalog cards, like some of you might remember, card catalogs, that's the, that's the word. And so in today's day and age, if, if you're confused about something, reach out for help. There's external resources and then, of course, internal resources. I mean, ask somebody in the church. Ask somebody you respect. Ask one of us. I mean, I'm, I'll be the first to tell you I don't know something if I don't know it, but I could probably point you in the right direction. I could probably help us figure it out. I mean, this is why – I'm just getting very practical here. This is why we do the, the, the class discussion two or three times a month. This is why I try to encourage discussion in our Sunday morning classes is because that's – like one of the primary – we talk all the time about evangelism. Our primary focus is bringing people to God, but our – I'm not even going to say secondary, but really 1B to that is making sure those of us who are in the church are also growing. That those of us who are already committed ourselves to God are still growing spiritually. They're still maturing. And so in reading the Bible, in your prayer, in your, in your spiritual walk, there's going to be downtimes. But when it comes to seeking to understand, especially God's word… It's okay to be confused, but there's no reason to stay confused. I mean, there's plenty. Ask for help, get resources, uh, utilize all of the resources available, especially and including the church. And so, part of that process, looking at David's illustration from Psalm 131, is is that weaning period. And we talked about this a little bit this morning. I was hoping, again, this is what I was hoping for our class studies, but we'll save this for another week. But David paints this picture. And you, you know as parents that a child does not be content to self-soothe overnight. They don't learn to sleep through the night overnight. They don't learn to sleep in a week or a month or sometimes a year or sometimes two years or four years, right? It's a long process, and there's, and there's the times where it's hard. In fact, right now, I was just – someone I was just talking about on the way here. Luke is at a phase where he believes he does not need to nap. Except his brain is not ready to not nap. <laughs> so every day when it comes time for nap, he doesn't want to nap. And so instead he sits there and screams for about an hour and a half. That's just what they do. And if I could make a spiritual analogy, you know, according to what David is saying in Psalm 131, if there are times in your life where during the middle of the day you just want to stand up and scream at God for about an hour and a half because you don't understand and you're struggling, that's okay. It's okay. Much like the weaned child, if you're 13 and you're doing it, we need to have a conversation. But, so there's, there, there is a process and there's stages to that process. And so if there are down times and there's times where you're struggling and there's times where you don't get it, do not get discouraged. Ask for help. Seek help. Use the resources that we have in the church available to you. And then I joked this morning in terms of looking at that, that process of growth about my addiction with coffee and, but the way that addiction works on, on the fundamental level is when you become so dependent on something that, that you've actually rewired your brain to think that it is reliant upon this, uh, whatever this thing is. It's sort of this feedback loop that they've done. They, they can do scans of your brain of people who have addictions and people who don't, and they can see how your, your brain has been rewired to believe that this thing that you actually don't need, your brain has been wired to think that you do. And so to come out of that, you have to re-rewire re your brain. You have to re-retrain yourself. And so the more you're still engaging with that, the more you're reinforcing really what these negative behaviors and these negative uh, habits. And so you, you, you use or misuse – I, I want to be clear. This is not just – I'm not just talking about chemical substance abuse dependency. I mean like I said, I joked about caffeine, but caffeine, alcohol, illegal substances. But habits, behaviors – there's plenty of addictions that are not just drugs. I mean, let's be honest there. And the more you engage with it, you're continuing to reinforce what is really a harmful 
brain habit, uh, the way your brain is working. And so you have to deprive yourself of it in order to retrain yourself so that you can grow. And I think many of us are addicted to things that give us comfort. And I, and I said this morning, kind of moving away from addiction a little bit, but I said this morning that sometimes we're dependent on what God can give us. And we think of our life as being secure as long as we have the right things, we have the right boxes checked. When in reality, God wants us to be dependent on him just for his own sake. And the reason, the reason he wants us to be dependent on him, and this is where I kind of move to number three in terms of really understanding the power of what God calls us to the reason is because in the presence of God is where there is true fulfillment. And you may think, well, you know, I like my job. Okay, and I like the nice house, and I like having all the things. I, I, maybe you're one of those people that, no, I like all the things in my life just squared away right the way that I like them, and that's, that's okay. But God wants you to be at peace with him because that's where true fulfillment is found. And I'll give you another illustration. If you ever had a craving for, like, a certain kind of food, my wife <laughs> Not so much this time. I think first pregnancy, we had a lot of weird cravings. I think one time I went to a tropical smoothie, which was about 45 minutes away from our old house, because that's what she wanted. But you guys know that it's not, this is not unique to pregnant women, okay? I, I, if you have those cravings, that is the only thing in the world that satisfies your craving. And I don't know about you guys. I've never seen a Taco John's before I lived here. And you know what I want every time I drive by a Taco John's is Taco Bell. We don't have a Taco Bell. All I want when I sit, I'm like, mm, I really wish that was something else. And sometimes, in my periods of weakness, I go by and I'm like, okay, I'll get the Taco John's and we'll see how it is. And you know what I want when I'm done? I still want Taco Bell. I'm $10 out, I'm half full, and I still just want Taco Bell. And you know how that is. When you're craving something, you're like, no, 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 I want this. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want it made wrong. I don't want somebody to mess it up. I want it the way that I want it. And I think that's really to sort of make an insane parallel between Taco John's and the power of God. I think sometimes we settle for like the Taco John's of life. We settle for these things that give us like half fulfillment. Because baked into all of us is this inner desire for the presence of God, this desire for relationship with God. And so we settle for these things that fill us, that fill our stomachs, that fill our minds, that, that fill our houses. And we say, well, this is kind of fulfilling, but it just doesn't do it. So maybe I just need more of this. Maybe it's more money. Maybe it's a bigger house. Maybe it's the next promotion. Maybe it's the next relationship. Well, maybe when we get married. Well, maybe when we have kids. Maybe when we have another kid. And I mean, guys, I, I tell you, I see this more in people like my age who are constantly reaching and grabbing and trying to define themselves by all of these things, and it never works because what they're missing is a relationship with God. And so until you get that thing that you're actually craving... Nothing else is going to satisfy it. As we close this evening, I want to read from John chapter 6. It's from John chapter 6, beginning in verse 26. Jesus has fed the 5,000. He's walked on water, and some people have come back the next day to the other side where he's walked to. And beginning in John chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, you were looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. If you skip down to verse 31, 
Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it was written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, then truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. My father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said, sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. No one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Jesus says, you're going to hunger and you're going to thirst for a lot of things while you're down here. But nothing will satisfy you the way God's word satisfies us. Nothing will fulfill you the way God can fulfill us. So if you're with us tonight and you're searching for understanding and direction... If you're searching for that missing thing in your life, we can. if you're a Christian and you say, well, maybe I'm just not right where I need to be, we can pray with you, we can encourage you, we can walk alongside with you. But if you're with us tonight and you're missing that relationship with God, if you've never committed yourself to obedience to Christ and his covenant, if you've not obeyed his commands to turn from a life of sin and be baptized, you have the opportunity 